Let's invite the Lord. Just, just close your eyes. Just lift your hands like this. Just to surrender. Saying, God, speak to me. Father, this morning, we just want to invite you to come. Lord, our hearts are hungry for you. And Lord, we, we pray that you wouldn't be a stranger in the aisle. That God, if you want to come sit with us, we invite you. So Lord, open our eyes to let us see things that we normally don't see. Help us to sense things in our hearts that we normally don't sense. But Lord, bring change where there needs to be change in our hearts. Bring deliverance in our lives. Bring hope. Bring God, peace. We ask all of this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. You know, I'm a, I'm a history buff. And um, I know a lot about history. I've studied it. From the beginning of history, I mean, well, the beginning of history. But I, I just, I, I love history. And uh, I read, I'm a prolific reader. I'll read, Jamie knows that. I read a couple of books a week. And when I'm on chemo, I read lots. And if I get up in the middle of the night, I don't watch TV. I just threaten the devil. I'm going to read my Bible. So I read my Bible. If I get up at night and I can't sleep. And so this morning, if you're looking for a title, the title of my message is called The King's Highway. And what does that mean? If you were in England and you were royalty, and you were the monarch or the king or the queen, what they would do is they would have people ahead and they have a road if the king would travel this road, there would be guards way ahead and they would clear the highway and they would look at you and go, this is the king's highway. So what happens, they knew that authority was walking down the highway. They knew that reverence was walking down the highway. And I think sometimes Jesus walks in the highway of our life and we need to give him reverence. We need to give him honor. Come on. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to take you to the Bible and we're going to read... We're going we're gonna to talk about six verses this morning. There'll be other, other things, but <coughs> I'm just going to be straight up real this morning. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start verse 46 all the way to 42, 52. And it may be a story that you're very familiar with, but I want to start in verse 46, and it just says this, and they came to Jericho. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. Jericho was known as this, a place of fragrance. There was beautiful smells around that. How many of you know what a jasmine tree smell or a bush smells like? It's like a, it's a little white flower. And in South Louisiana, we, we grow that. We used to have one in our front yard, but my wife killed it. She kills every plant that she's ever planted except one. It's inside. And uh, I always mess with her. I go, baby, poor plant. It's not going to make it. Now, if my daughter plants it, she's like got this incredible, like she can... She has wild rabbits, she does plants, she, does, she saves kittens. I mean, she's, she can do all of that, okay? I'll kill them. Anyway, my wife does too. No, I don't kill them on purpose. It's just, anyway. And so what happens is, historians tell us that Jericho, during this time, was the intersection to the world. In other words, it was the intersection from Europe all the way to North Africa. There was commerce, there was trade, there was movement, uh, uh, there was just everywhere going through Jericho. And see, and what happens in verse 46, and, and as he was leaving Jericho with his what? I mean, so he had his posse with him, okay? And a great crowd, a great crowd means lots of folk. 
That means the LSU Stadium, okay? Cajun Dome. Anyway, whatever. Whatever. And, and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, and it begins to describe who he is. A blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And so here's the thing I want you to see. There are three basic categories of people in this world. The first is those who make things happen. Okay? The second category of people is those who watch things happen. And the third category is those who wonder what just happened. (laughs) And this guy, Bartimaeus, was in the third category. What just happened? Have you ever been somewhere and you go, what just took place? What happened? You ever been like that? So Bartimaeus fits in that. No doubt, think about it. They say that your senses are heightened if you don't have one of them. So he was not able to see with his eyes, but his ears were heightened. His smell was heightened. His feelings, his touch was heightened. And see, what happens is, you imagine he hears wagons cracking down the road, Here's oxens pulling like wooden crates, wooden wheels, and donkeys, camels, and camels fart a lot. Have you ever been in, the, in other parts? I remember going zebra hunting in Africa, and we got 50 yards from some zebras, and I couldn't shoot because there was all this brush, and so I couldn't get it, and so we got as close as we could, but you could hear all the zebras farting. Hey, it's just a wild, man. Come on. I don't care what Greenpeace people tell you and all that. Animals are going to fart. They want to get rid of cows. Think about it. Because methane gas from cows. I'm going to give me a break. Then kill people too. <coughs> and so he, he heard the shuffle of sandals. He heard people talking. So I, I, you kind of get in the picture. There's just this crowd. All kinds of activity. Things are taking place. People are trade. People are going somewhere. People are talking. Soldiers are going through. People are going through. And so maybe you can identify. Maybe you feel like all around you things are happening. People are moving. Times are changing. Like the song. Bob Dylan, times are changing. Another, another message. But you, you're just sitting, wondering. You feel like Barnabas. What's going on? Bartimaeus sat by the side of the road because he was blind. Why was he blind? I don't know. Sometimes there was a lot of people that had vitamin deficiencies in those times. They think that they, had, they were just didn't have the right vitamins. You know, my grandmother, you know, I still think about, she, when, I went, when I was on the road, I lived in inner cities for eight and a half years, worked and talked to people about the Lord. My grandmother always sent me a big old bottle of vitamin C. She didn't want me to get sick. If I had a sniffle, did you been taking your vitamin C, boy? Yes, ma'am. I ran out. I'm sending you a new bottle. I'd get it like the next day. She used to send me money sometimes. And I remember one time, she, someone stole the money out of the wall, uh, the envelope. And I said, Nene, you can't, you can't send me cash. Just get a postal money order. I remember one time she couldn't get to the post, post office one time, so she got a red pen and she wrote all in the edges of the, the $20 bill, the blood of Jesus covers this money. In red. I swear to God. I wish I'd had a picture. I'd have put it up, you know, but I spent it. Anyway. That's just my grandma. 
But Barnabas means this. Think about it. It literally means the son of the unclean one. What does that mean? You know, I don't know. He was a son of Timaeus. Possibly got his name because his mother and dad passed the disease or they produced blindness in their son or they had a reputation. You know how it is around here in South Louisiana. Oh, that the Boudreaux's from the other side of the Nenepeke. They all bad. They all bad. Come on. You know what I mean? They just bad people. They mean folk. And everybody goes, oh, that's, leave them Boudreaux's alone. Now the Comos, you know what I'm saying. You see, the real Bible times, beggars were persistent like flies in the summertime in Louisiana. If you have a barbecue, a crawfish ball, and it's hot, guess who's coming to visit you? Flies and machu flang. You see, what happens is Barnabas, here he is, and that just gives me hope because God looks at people. People look on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And so what happens is, I know this, being able to travel all over the world, I've had that privilege, I've been around beggars. They know how to get to your heart, and they're not going to be denied. I remember working in the inner cities, I'd be like different times the guys would come up to you, they're drunks, or they strung out, they'd go, hey, dude, hey, you got a dollar? And I, I, you know what, and here my policy, I'm not going to give you any money, but I'll buy you a, Hey, there's a McDonald's right there. I'll buy you a sandwich. I remember one guy goes, heck, man, I don't want no sandwich. Just give me a dollar. I want to buy a bottle of wine. I go, at least he was honest. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at verse 47 and 48, look what happens. He said, and he said, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to what? Cry out. That means he didn't go, hey. Okay, the crowd's loud. Commerce going. Hey, you remember camels are farting, sheep are doing things. I mean, just stuff. But he guess what he does? He goes, Jesus. He begins to cry out. How many of you have ever been desperate sometimes? There's a different cry when, you, when you're desperate. Like my wife, she'll go, Baba. And I have hearing aids, so I, she always tells me, you have selective hearing, honey. But there's a difference. She goes, Bubba. But if she goes, Bubba! Hello? That's a different cry. It's like, get the AK-47. I don't have one. I have an AR, but anyway. <laughs> and so, <coughs> so what happens is, he, say, he begins to cry out. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have what? Have mercy. So here's it. Here's the situation. It's the what if. What if I call out? Well, what if I don't? Man, I'm not going to cry out. I mean, you know, because when you don't cry out, you know what happens? You become paralyzed. Not only that, you, you live an imprisoned life. You think, oh, man, you know, I need deliverance. I need things to happen in my life. I need change. But if you don't cry out, you know what happens to you? You live in a personal prison in your mind. The greatest battle for all of us is in our minds. And some of us still hear the voices we heard at eight years old, 10 years old. We have pictures in our minds that people said things and people did things to us. Hello. 
And for us, it's a moment we have to learn to cry out. Because see, he said, have mercy. You know what? <laughs> the crowd was loud, but Bart was louder. Go to the next verse. Look what it says. And they what? <coughs> they rebuked him, telling him to be silent. In other words, they were saying, shut up. Shut up. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have what? Okay. When I was in high school, I did say it went to high school from ninth to 12th grade, but I got kicked out two weeks before I graduated. I did get to graduate, but I wasn't able to go in the seminary of the church because I was unclean because I got caught with dope. There's Our Lady of Fatima. They were like, we don't want you back two weeks. We're going to graduate. You take 5% off your grades. I needed the 5%, believe me. And I was unclean. And, so, and he says this. He says, son of David, he cried out. And see, when I was a kid, they had a couple of Catholic schools in, in, in Lafayette. They had Cathedral Carmel. They had Turlings Catholic. And they had Holy Rosary Institute, and they had Our Lady of Fatima. Now, most of them are STM now, St. Thomas More. But back in the day, Our Lady of Fatima, we didn't have any African-Americans in our school. Not one. Not one. We were like honky school, honkified. But when we went to Holy Rosary, it was all African-American. And when we played them in basketball, those cheerleaders were incredible. Their cheers, I would just go listen to what their cheers were. They were loud. And they go, I said, go back, go back, go back to the swamp. Your team ain't got no spirit and your coach is a chump. I said, go back. I mean, they have all these things. And you're going, come on. <laughs> they just cry out. Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus. You know what he said? Have mercy him twice. You know what mercy means? In the Bible, it's greater than grace. It's receiving the grace of God with God's presence. The Holy of Holies is in Psalms, it says, and I look to the hills from where my help comes from. You know why they said that? Because when you would walk up to Jerusalem and in the middle of Jerusalem, there'd be the temple mound. It's called the mound because it's higher than everywhere else in Jerusalem. And the temple was built on that mound. And you could see the temple and they would look and they would, the shepherds would go, if I can just get there, there's hope. If I can just make it to the temple, I can get my sins forgiven. I can find freedom because it was all about acts of doing things. And see, they would get there, and the Holy of Holies represented the mercy seat, where they sprinkled the blood of a lamb or a turtle dove. And that was to bring forgiveness of your sins. <coughs> and in that Holy of Holies, it was dark, except the natural light that would come in. And sometimes when we're in our journey, sometimes things are dark. Hello? Sometimes, how many of you have had dark moments in your life? Come on. Okay, I'm praying for the rest of you. Because you're either going into a trial, coming out of a trial, getting ready for a new one. That's just life. 
I would be great if they, if just like the, the weatherman goes, they, that little thing comes, this is national broadcasting. I would be great if it was, this is the eternal broadcasting system. A test is coming your way. Oh, hell's fixing to break loose. Be prepared. It'd be great if we had that, but it just doesn't happen that way. And what happens if we get there? But here's the thing. The difference, you didn't have to go to the temple. We know that one man messed everything up for us. His name was Adam. But God sent another man named Jesus to fix everything for us. They didn't even have to make a journey to the temple that we could be with him personally and he could be with us and he could forgive us. Because guess, guess what? We've all sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Come on. The Bible says the wicked are cut short. That's why I'm short. Anyway, we just. <laughs> the crowd was loud. But Barnabas was louder. Bartimaeus heard Jesus had come to Jericho. Jesus in the Greek is translated. His name means Joshua. In the Greek. There was another guy named Joshua that came to Jericho. In the Old Testament, he was assigned by Moses to go and take the city. It was his first assignment after they're going to the promised land. They had to face giants. I believe this. When the enemy comes at you and he points his sword of threat to you, just like Goliath did David, know this. You got some rocks in the bag. And guess what? Just like the enemy threatens you, you can take the sword of the enemy and cut his head off. Are you hearing me? Joshua went there and he heard God. Here's the most important thing. It's not that you need more of God. You need to obey what you already know about God. And what happened is Joshua gets there and God gives him a word. Hey, get the band. The band? Yeah. Have a march around the city. The band? I mean, we were sharpening our swords. Our spears, man, they're sharp. We're ready, Lord. He didn't hesitate. He said, all right, boys, come on. It's like the high school band. Come on, get out there, buddy. I've never seen, I mean, you know, they're, they're just seven days. Finally, the Lord said, hey, get by the way. Today, going to be a little different. You're going to march around the city. Then you're going to shout. And my, one of my Bible teachers, Winky Prattney, who's like one of the smartest guys you'll ever know, when he did, when archaeologists began to see what happened to Jericho, this is pretty cool. The walls didn't fall down. They didn't go, they did this. Think about it. You're, you're thinking, I'm, I'm all safe. The walls are, and you're taking a shower. All of a sudden, the wall I mean, sometimes we think God's going to do it a certain way, then God does it something like even more incredible. You imagine? And they said, the shout. They They took him out. The thing, thousands of years, Joshua had come. He came not to bring salvation. He came to bring destruction, for it was his job to bring the people of God into the promised land. Are you with me? You see, standing before Bartimaeus was Joshua, Jesus. 
whose job was to bring people to God into the promised land, not physically, but eternally, to bring us to heaven. Mark 10, 49, let's look at it. Are y'all with me? I'm trying, I'm gonna jump. And Jesus, what? Stopped and said, call him. If you look at other versions, you know what it says? It doesn't say stop. It said he stood still. He stood still. He heard a cry. In other words, what happened is Joshua, think about it. Joshua's greatest victory was in Joshua 10, 12. <clears throat> and he cried out to God. <clears throat> and he said, Lord, let the sun stand still. And the sun stood still so he could win the victory. Now, scientists can't figure that out, okay? But they do know that there was a day where the sun stayed out. And they go, it's an anomaly. No, I go, it's God. It's like I've heard people, well, you know, the children of Israel, you know, when they crossed the Red Sea, it was a drought time, and there was a foot of water there. I said, well, praise God. God did something even greater. He drowned the whole Egyptian army with a foot of water. That's a greater miracle. Come on. That's why I look at people like that. You're, you don't know your Bible. Anyway. And what happens, think about it. You're sitting by the highway saying, I'm blind, man. How can, how can I, you know, I don't get it. I'm not seeing properly. I'm not going anywhere. Then Jesus came he, 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 does Jesus care about me? You ever feel that way? Or is he just passing by quickly? Here's my thing. You got to have hope. You see, Barnabas cried out and the son of God stood still. Why? Let me give you three reasons why. First reason is he cried out with humility. It wasn't a proud cry. It was a proud of, I know where I'm at. I know who I am. I messed up. Or I've messed up again. My situation's desperate. All too often we say, poor me, life just isn't fair. Why do bad things always happen to me? Come on, none of y'all have ever said anything like that, have you? And don't start lying. <clears throat> Humility says this. I know who I am. I'm a sinner. I'm screwed up. I've made some bad decisions. I can't blame anybody else but myself. <clears throat> I live in shame. I live in guilt. I deserve judgment. But Lord, have mercy on me. Mercy means God's presence. Come with your presence. You know, when I was, before I was saved, my grandmother used to always tell me, if you ever get scared or you don't know what to do, plead the blood of Jesus over you. I remember being in my bed one night. I was drunk. And I was laying in my bed, and the thought of, if I die tonight, would I go to heaven? And I remember I got scared. And I just said, and I, I go, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus. And can I tell you what happened? The presence of God came in my room. 
felt God. I, felt, I know what his spirit feels like. But I didn't know him. See, let me tell you something. This book is like a letter can be interrupted and it could be like a love. If I've, me and Tracy used to send letters. That's before Texas. You had to send a letter. And we'd be separated for a month or three weeks when we were dating. And I'd send her letters. And But it would be like you getting my letter sent to Tracy. It doesn't mean much to you. Oh, that's so sweet. That's stupid he does that. Oh, my gosh. But when Tracy would get it, or I'd get the letter, shut. I got the free songs. And we had nicknames for each other. I'll just tell you, her name, I nicknamed her Peaches. She nicknamed me Bubba Duck. Or she just put, when she signed, she'd go, I miss you, Duck. You know? And that's all of, all of our lives. That's the, we have a little special word, you know. I'm going to tell you everything I call her. I call her beautiful, too. Because when she answers, I, I had her first service say, when you call, what's the first thing I say? She goes, hey, beautiful. I don't call, hey, or I hadn't seen her, I go, hey, beautiful, what's up? You know why? Look at me. I name her. And the sad thing is, there's a lot of men that name their wives the wrong thing. Come on, you old bag of dirt. Get that kitchen thing on. Let me tell you something. Your butt is as wide. I mean, you know, just. No, you know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like I'm half crazy. I've never used the word divorce with my wife. I thought about murder, but never, I've never said divorce. But I name her. Listen, if you're a single woman, don't you dare let a man get in your life that won't name you something that's incredible. Are you hearing me? And if you guys, if you're doing, saying things to your wife, stuff you shouldn't say, repent. Repent. I can stand up here. Listen, before I was a Christian, I was messed up. But when I, I said, God, if you ever give me an opportunity to meet a woman, I'm going to honor you in my relationship. I can stand up here. I never touched my wife. I never did any of those kind of things I did before I was saved with her. I honored Jesus and I honored her. But after we got married, six kids, that's all I got to say. We'd be even loving something else, but then we can't house. Some kid, what is he talking about, mama? Just you tell him anyway. Because you know what? I can stand up here right now and I can look at my kids now. I honored your mom. Your mom's a good woman. And if you messed up, that's okay. I know what I had to do. I was saved. Okay? Maybe you weren't saved. I'm not here to condemn you. But listen, <coughs> the second thing, the th second thing you see in the story is he cried out with tenacity. What do you mean? The crowd goes, shut up! You're being too loud! It's amazing how other people they're well-meaning sometimes. Try to get us to be quiet. Try to get us to stop bothering the Lord. Look at me. When I, I've had people come to me, you know, Pastor Bubba, my daddy had cancer like you, and he, he's dead, he died. Thanks for that encouragement. 
Are you hearing me? I told people, if you're going to come visit me in the hospital and you want to tell me a sad story about someone that died, don't come visit me. I'll kick your butt out the room. I'll have Jamie there. He will. And he used to be a bouncer at Cowboys in Lake Charles. You don't mess with Jamie. He'd pick you up by your skull and lift you somewhere like a crane. He's told me stories. I mean, just like, man, he's the claw. I'm glad he's on my side. I remember one time we were like, we had a, a, a church meeting, a leadership meeting. We had the exact same shirt on, like the movie Twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. I'm Danny DeVito. He's Arnold. We laughed about that. But here's the thing. It's amazing to me. <coughs> you can't accept just... You know, just accept your blindness. That's what people, just accept your, accept your situation. Just accept this the way it's going to be. And that's where you have to go, no, Jesus. I'm crying out, Jesus. He kept crying out, but with humility and tenacity. I have a guy, my best friend, and we've been best friends for 40-something years, and I led him to the Lord, and he's sold this business for millions and millions, and he's still making millions of dollars, okay? And he told me, he said, you know, Bubba, one day when we were young, he said, if God ever lets me be successful, I'm going to carry your briefcase, and we're going to travel the world together while you preach. And we've done it. We've gone to Africa, different places. Jamie knows. And he, had a, he said, man, he called me yesterday. He goes, hey, man, listen, I got a guy. I want you to talk to him. He's got a great story. His name's Victor. And he lives in Vinton. And he said, you need to call him right now. He's waiting for your call. So I call him. And, hey, Victor. He goes, this is Bubba. Hey, Bubba. And he starts telling me a story. He said, man, I've been... I've been fighting cancer, man, but God's just helped me. I still got some stuff, areas, but God's with me. I, I got cancer. I went to the doctor. I wasn't even saved. He said, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you're going to die soon. And he goes, he went back home. I said, and he goes, I was sitting in my house. He goes, I don't want to die. God, I don't want to die. God, I don't want to die. He said, the next day. He gets a knock. It's five people from a spirit-filled church in Vinton, Louisiana. Knock, and they start telling him about Jesus. He goes, I didn't even tell him I have cancer. I just listened to him. And they're just loving on me, talking to me about Jesus. And I don't, I don't know Jesus, Bubba. And I tell him there's three things I, I, I can't give up. I can't give up my cigarettes. I can't give up my beer. And I can't give up my dope. I like smoking hoochie And he said... So he said, man, they left and they prayed for me. And next morning I woke up and I go, hey, dadgum, those people came from that church. I think I'm going to go to their church this morning. He said, I go to the church. And the preacher preaches. I don't remember what he said, but it was something about it. He said, I walked up to the front to talk to the preacher. And he said, I said, hey, preacher, it was great. I wasn't raised in church or anything, but... I'm having a hard time about this God stuff because I know there's three things I can't give up. Smoking, drinking beer, and smoking dope. He said, then the preacher prayed for me, Baba. And when he prayed for me, I felt something. 
I went back home and I go, God, help me. He said, Bubba, two days later, I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking dope. I gave my life to Jesus. I've been serving in my church. I've been doing, he's like all this stuff. And he's telling me and, and he's, he's encouraged. And I go, man, that's awesome, Victor. I said, can I pray for you? Yeah, pray for me. I'm going to come see you at one of your churches when you're preaching, man. I'm going to come visit you. But we became buddies. I've learned this. If you're open to God, God has sent people your way. The third thing he did, verse 49. Let's go to verse 49 and 50. It said, and Jesus stopped and said, he stood still, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart. In other words, get up. They were telling him to shut up. Then they said, get up. They changed their tune. What does it say? He's what? He's calling you. Let me tell you, when you cry out to God, you know what God's doing? He's calling you. Sometimes we got to shut up the voices and just get up. And this, you know what I love? Look, go to 50. <coughs> and throwing off his what? He sprang up. Maybe he jumped up. I love this. And he came to Jesus. You got to be willing to throw off anything that's holding you back. Whatever it is. His cloak was a cloak of shame. Blind people had certain colors of cloaks so people could identify they were blind. Just like the lepers, they had little bells on the tassels of them. So when they came to the city, their shame was, leper! So people would spread away. Like our society today, Corona! 19, ah! And it's her. Look, I have friends that have passed away, gone on. I had one lady. It was one of my dear friends, Polly Henry. Jamie, you remember Miss Polly? She started coming to church, got saved. She called me two days before she passed away. Her niece said, she goes, she just wants to be sure she got the salvation thing down. Tell her again. I prayed with her. I talked to her about Jesus. Prayed with her two days later. The next day I was at the hospital praying for her. She, I never, she never responded again. I wrote her a letter. And the letter is the same prayer I pray over me every day and people that are sick. And I, I'll just read it to you real quick. It says, today I pray for those and myself who need a miracle. By your stripes I'm healed in Jesus' name. Jesus, you're greater than the threat. Greater than the disease, greater than the circumstances, greater than death. You defeated hell and the grave, and today I claim victory, my healing, and my peace. I will live and not die, and I will have a long and satisfying life because, Jesus, you're bigger than cancer. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what people said. I just know when I read the Bible and I look at stories, there are people that got desperate enough that cried out to God. And when they cried out to God, just like the woman that had the issue, 
if I just touch. The 10 lepers that got healed, one came back and he said this, thank you, God. He goes, where's the other nine? I don't know, but I'm here to thank you. He was saying, Bartimaeus was saying this. He said, he cried out, I know that Jesus will heal me. Sometimes we've got to rise above our circumstances. You know what? I'm believing for my miracle. He was saying that Hebrew says this, truly without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the kind of faith we need is, is faith that we see the invisible. We believe the impossible and we receive the incredible. Can I say that again? That's good. That was good, Pastor Bubba. Anyway, it's faith that sees the invisible, believes the impossible, and receives the incredible. When I look around the room, there's some incredible things that happened to you before you knew Jesus. Some of you, God showed up in your life. He spoke to you. God used a person. I used to have an Italian. His name was Anthony Salerno. He used to throw people down elevator shafts for the mafia. He got saved. He went to federal prison. He got saved. We called him Papa Salerno. And he would go, he would look at you and go, hey, do you know my Jesus, you? He had that broken Italian. He'd go to a gas station. He'd go, hey, you know my Jesus, you? And I used to like, he had this one line. It was funny as heck. He'd go, if God can use an ass in the Bible, he can use anybody, him. <laughs> if you know the story about Balaam. Anyway. God can use anybody. He's no respecter of persons. You see, verse 51 and 52. Let's go to that real quick. And I'm going to wrap it up. And Jesus said to him, I love this. Just straight up. What do you want me to do for you? He didn't go, what thou want me to do with for thou That's King James. But he said, what do you want? Bart, what do you want? That's what Jesus does sometimes. We get his attention. He stands still. And he just looks at us. He goes, what do you want? I have a handkerchief. It's in my top drawer on my desk. It's from Africa. And if you know anything about Paul, he would send handkerchiefs when he couldn't be there, and they'd pray over it. Well, I have a friend named Stefan over there. And he goes, Baba, we pray every day. He sent just a napkin, a handkerchief, and he wrote on it some stuff for me. I'm believing for your miracle. And sometimes when I've had different difficulties, I pull out that handkerchief, and I put it on my body. And there's times I felt the Holy Spirit. I just, hey, I mean, I just feel it because there's prayers there. Got to believe for the impossible. Look what he says here, verse 51. What do you want? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, in one version, I just want to see. And rabbi means Master. This is the only time, there's only two times in the whole New Testament Gospels that the word master was used. The first one was Mary Magdalene when she was at, at the tomb. And Jesus was disguised as a She thought he was a gardener. She had seen two angels in the tomb. 
And she walks out and she goes, where have they laid him? And he goes, Mary. And she turns around and she goes, Master. Mary Magdalene and Barnabas. Barnabas was putting, he's saying, Master, King, Lord, whatever you say, you can do it. Here's, here's the thing. Whose hands are you putting your circumstance in? I'm a representative of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's got more hospitals in the world, more orphanages, more things that help the poor than anything any government in the world has. That's the power of the church. That's the power of Jesus' church. That's the, I'm, a, I'm a kingdom representative and so are you. Yesterday I was at Stein's. I had to go get some stuff. And I see a guy, he's just standing there, and I go, hey. And I go, hola. He goes, I'm not Mexican, I'm Indian. <laughs> I go, okay, what a way to have a conversation. <laughs> and he goes, I go, man, it's hard. Y'all get, I, Pastor Jimmy, I'll talk to anybody. They have to hold me back on a leash sometime. And I just start talking to the guy. Come to find out. He's working. He's, he's living in Gaydon. Then the guy that he works with, he shows up in his truck. He goes, where are you? I go, he's an African-American guy. I go, where are you from? He goes, I live in Gaydon. He tells me his name. I go, well, I have one of my good friends, my best hunting buddy. He lives in Gaydon. And he goes, who's that? And I go, Phil McDaniel. He, go, he coached me in baseball. I so I get, I call, hey, Phil, look, do you know this guy? And he tells me, hey, they hadn't seen each other. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, Phil, tell me what Jesus did in your life. He starts preaching for him, to him. Just tell him, hey, man, Jesus changed my life. I mean, you knew me before, but, man, I'm different, man. God saved my marriage. God's helping my kids. I'm in a place God's doing some incredible things. But he cried out to God. And when I prayed for him, the guy, the little guy, he goes, his name is Charlie. He goes, Bubba, before you pray for me, I used to be a preacher. I've been 10 years backslidden. He said, I could blame my wife, but I just blame myself. So I just prayed. I didn't condemn him. I prayed for him. And then he goes, I'm coming to your church. So he might have gone there this morning, Josh or Jennings. Anyway, I just say this. <clears throat> it's no wonder. Think about it. It's no wonder he got healed. His eyes. Because you know when I think about the story... It's kind of an oxymoron. I mean, it's kind of the opposite. <clears throat> the crowd was blind, but Bartimaeus actually saw. Think about it. The thing I have as I get older, and I say this, when you're parents, you bring discipline and instruction to your children. When you get older like a grandfather, you get perspective. I've looked at my kids and go, oh, shit. Like Zach tell me, man, I had to deal with, I never thought I'd deal with my son. I'm like, <laughs> payback, baby. <laughs> He's doing a good job. Verse 52. And Jesus said to them, go your way. Your what? He's made you well. And immediately, 
his sight, his sight. He recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Luke says it like this in six, verse, chapter 6, verse 38. And it says, give and it will be given to you. Look what it says. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use it will be measured back to you. What do you mean? If you let God do what he wants to do in your life and you follow him, he'll bless you. That doesn't mean you get things. We have a gospel that tries to, you do this, you get this. and It's not let's make a deal thing. I've learned this. We don't need more Bible in, in the church. We need more obedience. And he said, and, he said, and so here's my, here's my cry for you today. May today be the day that you do what Bartimaeus did. May today be that you receive direction, you receive instruction, you receive revelation of your need for God and your circumstances. My wife, we were talking this morning, she had a great quote, she, I wrote it down, it says, your response is your responsibility. Your response. That's the key to inner healing and anybody gets. Your response. May you cry out till Jesus stops in front of you. And he says, what do you need? Lord, you fill in the blank. Some of you, that man, Lord, you gave me, Lord Jesus, either change him or take him to heaven. I went on KG lady. Because you know Pastor Bubba, them men, they, they're all the same. They bark all day, but they meow at night. <laughs> May you cry out. Oh, Jesus. Have mercy on me. And may you join Barnabas. For some of you that you just begin to follow Jesus fresh and anew. I love all these guys that are in the cancel culture. They're trying to rewrite history and telling you what people did and who they were and all that. It infuriates me, especially with history. Because when you look at society, when people start trying to erase your history, good, bad, or indifferent, they're just trying to control you. But one of my heroes, first book I ever read in my life was Winston Churchill. He's one of my heroes. When I went to England, I, by the Parliament building, there's a statue of William, of Winston Churchill. I have a picture. Then I saw when they started doing all this culture stuff, people desecrated the statue. Thought, wow. They accused me of this, accusing me of that. And then you see it even in our culture, how they've tried to erase history. There was bad history. Hey, look, I'll just say this. Our African-American brothers had a rough time in our culture in our history they did I have compassion but it's time to get on and like what he said he said we make a living by what we get but we make a life by what we give see I believe this why did Bartimaeus follow Jesus after this because he revolutionized his life 
And for us, God's opened our eyes to let us see what we couldn't see before, feel what we couldn't feel before. And my encouragement to you, cry out. Cry out. Be a second mile person in a one mile world. Go the extra mile. Love someone. See them. We have too many people that aren't willing to go the second mile. And the world is waiting for people that are willing to say, I'll go with you and I'll go further. Amen? Let's pray. Just put your hands like this to the Lord. I just want to pray for you. Father, this morning, you know every person, you know every circumstance, you know every situation. I pray that God, that you would touch them and be with them. Pour out your spirit like never before in their lives. I pray for deliverance for those that need to be delivered from situations, circumstances. They're looking for direction, instruction, purpose in their life. God, come right now in Jesus' name. They're saying, you're looking, you're standing still. He's going, what do you want? Tell the Lord what you need right now. Tell him what you want. It's time to rise above your circumstances. It's time to get rid of those voices in your mind and your head. Don't let them rule you. Let the king come. It's his highway. Let him have authority in the lane of your life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.